Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome back to the Wolverine Live. I'm John Borden. like to think of myself as a little bit young at heart. But uh, the guy that joins me every week, I guarantee you, is young at heart. Tom Crawford. Uh, well, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Uh, great. To great. The Live. But. I saw this picture of Tom this week, and uh, here he is, crack at dawn, uh, laying down the turns, as he likes to say, slalom uh, skiing on the water. He's surrounded in this big uh, uh, halo of of water, and I'm I'm just, you know, this is a guy. Remember, I'm not saying anything about uh, age necessarily, <laughs> but the man did. Uh, watch Cassie Russell play at uh, <laughs> Ghost Fieldhouse. Yeah. And so uh, he's still getting it done. And he uh, he gets it done on Press Pass on Sunday nights with Jack Ebling. You can see him there. You can watch him on his own uh, broadcasting network. Uh, so, Tom, great to have you with us. Well, the key thing for me, you know, I'm going to be 67 in, in, uh, in several weeks. Uh, and I want to ski till I'm 80. But I keep humming the victors every time I go down the course. You know what I mean? That 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 imaginary slalom course, and I'm cutting it up. 
I'm I'm humming the victors. That's one of my go-tos. And uh, the summer, you know, I, I I can't wait for fall to get here. You know how bad. I mean, I'm just falling at the mouth for this 2023 Michigan football season to get here. But uh, I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna wish summer away and getting on the water. Uh, a day in the water. Any day you're on the water is a good day. That's just, and you're on the water a lot. Um, I mean, you live on the water. Uh, it's it's just, it, it cures all evils. That's the way I look at it. I would live on the water if, if uh, my wife would go along. I'd probably ditch the house and get a get a houseboat and travel up yeah. and down. Oh, yeah. There you go. Fall. So anyway, you yeah. know. Enough of that. We're gonna we're gonna look uh, tonight at Michigan football. We've been doing it for several weeks. We could do it every time we get together, and we do it most of the time. But I've got this question, Tom, that has been uh, really uh, in the back of my mind lately, and I I want to pitch it to you to start uh, to kick things off, as it were, on our Michigan football discussion. Uh, Jim Harbaugh uh, has gone through eight seasons here. And uh, one of the things that I, I really wonder about is these last two years, far and away, the best that uh, he's put in, obviously, uh, the best the Wolverines have put in. You've got the, uh, the Big Ten championship. you got the wins over Ohio State. you got the playoff. Breakthrough right after a time where he was starting to be really questioned, is he ever going to get it done here? So the question that has arisen in the back of my mind is simply this. Are these last two years sort of the culmination of everything that he has done, the program that he has built over the course of those years? Or is it a more of a matter of, you know, you got a half a dozen years in and it, it was like, OK, this is not working to the level we needed to. We're going to change some things, and we're going to we're going to take this up a notch. Mm -hmm. Great question, and but an easy answer from me. It's the latter. I mean, when you go, you know, we'll go back to December, late December, twenty fourteen. We we're all excited. How many years? How many years are going to take Jim Harbaugh to you know to get to the CFP to beat Ohio State? Blah blah blah. And you know, you know, obviously. It, the 15th season was decent, albeit the Wolves has trouble with the snap, and but they had a big bowl win. His only bowl win he's had at Michigan, a postseason game he's had at Michigan that he's won. But and then 16 comes, and we thought, oh my God, just the second year this is happening, you know. And then that that bad spot, uh, Michigan got screwed on. Let's be real. And Thank then you. yeah, then all of a sudden you got the kind of the sputtering thing. Uh, you know, 2017, 2018 had a little bit, you know, had a rough start. And then, you know, that Notre Dame loss and then all of a sudden good in the middle and then ended badly. Um, and then the 19 team, uh, you know, had had some moments, but, you know, got rolled by Ohio State again. And, um, and, and then the 2020 season was that for Harbaugh, you know, and, and this is, you know, a year that changed, I mean, every, all of our lives in, in some degree. And, and it was, it's hard to, to pick that one out as saying that turning point, but that, you know, that COVID year and that Michigan's pathetic play against Michigan state. And then, um, you know, they only played a few games and then they called it. Um, and just hearing from great sources, um, just the locker room dynamics and the cultural thing. And, and 
you know, you and I had conversations. I thought, I, I, I think I said to you, this is not working. This is just not working. And then the flirtations for the next couple of years with the NFL. But it was Big Ten Media Day prior to the 21 season. It was a different Jim Harbaugh, John. I mean, I, I think you and I talked about it. And I mean, he, 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 had, he lost weight. He was vibrant. He was talking about rivals. He was open uh, to discussions in the scrum with the media. He wasn't real, you know, uh, stoic or, or standoffish about some of the questions, or he wasn't getting irked or anything like that. And his team had it with Aiden Hutchinson. I remember he was, he was one of the uh, representatives and, um, I, and, and Hassan Haskins. And I go, there's something different going on here. There's something freaking different. And he made different, you know, he got, he made some coaching changes. And I know for a fact um, that it was a different environment inside the, the walls of Shen Beckler Hall culturally. And, mm-hmm. it, and it showed on the field. And and they were more physical. And, and I, it's, it's the latter. Jim Harbaugh made some changes about, I think, on his personal life. And then it rolled into his, uh, you know his approach with it with his team and 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 some really really good hires, uh, Sharon Moore. And we're going to talk about that pretty soon. Um, it was all good. It was all good, and uh, I I commend him. Now I'm not saying that um, he's a perfect coach, but man, I, there are not too many coaches I'd rather have right now. I, mean, I can't believe I'm saying this than Jim Harbaugh. I'm, yeah. You know, um, he's he's done a terrific job these last two years. There's no. Yeah. No, well, and here's here's the fascinating thing. I I almost guarantee you that Jim Harbaugh, if you asked him that question, would say, "Well, this is you know, it's a result of of the program that we put in place uh, in 2015 and have been building toward this ever since." And you know, you get the you you mentioned it. You had that feeling like, "Wow, this is going to work right away." Now he had yeah. uh, exceeding talent. From right. from Brady Hoke, who did a good job of recruiting, That's you know, true. you had you had the Jabril Peppers and uh, some of those guys, Jake that Butt, yeah, that almost had the breakthrough in 2016, and you you went through that whole history. I I, I think that uh, I agree with you. I think it, he made some changes to get them to the next level, but I do think he came here with um a lot of good ideas and a lot of success behind him you don't you, you can't you don't take a team to the super bowl in the nfl without being a great coach you don't uh, do what he did in turnarounds in stanford and all without uh without being able to coach football i do think this i mean a lot of what we heard in those early years is man he runs it like a like a pro program and you know that uh people like that in the sense that, okay, well, guys that want to get to the NFL will embrace that because it gets them ready for it. But I, I wonder about some things that, that were involved in that at the time, because I mean, for all the, uh, the tributes that you can give to NFL life and NFL play, uh, one of them is these guys know that, you know, if they get hurt, uh, they're not going to get paid. It's they're, they're done. And they can, at the pro level, they learn how to save themselves a little bit. There may have been, in my mind, some of that going on. And I've talked to some sources that maybe in big moments even, 
they they might have been there were certain individuals that might have been saving themselves for uh yeah. for the professional ranks. Uh I don't think you see that anymore. I I think that um Jim Harbaugh maybe in the midst of that nadir which was 2020 uh realized that a, cu- a couple things you, he had to have guys that were completely all in on the college level, were solely invested in winning for Michigan. He had that in Aiden Hutchinson, the perfect guy that would uh, uh, be that leader and say enough is enough and we're not going to have this anymore. And this is what it's going to be like, either get in or get out. And also a huge, huge breakthrough in the change that he made in the defensive coordinator spot. And I understand that, uh, you know, the, the guy that was here formerly had a lot of success and a lot of games. Right. Uh, but I hearken back to uh, an earlier version, a much earlier version of, of uh, these broadcasts when Marcus Ray, who has had, um, you know, <laughs> uh, say what you want about him. Marcus can be a little bit controversial. this defense is not going to win against the best teams it's too gambling it's too overcommitted it's it's too it's too that i think in the end that marcus ray was right about that and you got to the point where okay this has got to change and this has got to be a defense that uh is flexible enough to cover the uh not only stop the grinders in Wisconsin and, and some places like that, but also this all-out air attack of Ohio State and uh, not be so overcommitted. And I was talking to John Jansen for, uh, for our football preview, which is uh, coming out uh, not too far down the road. And that was one of the first things that he mentioned. And he was, he was kind of um, – I, I guess pretty forthright about it. He says you're not leaving guys out on, on an island anymore. You're equipped to uh, to go toe to toe with the Ohio States uh, on defense and and do these things. And I get it. I get it. You'll remind me. Well, what about the playoff game? What about TCU game? <laughs> That's the next step. But yes. uh, I, I just think that they are they have made them themselves more ready to beat Ohio State. And if you beat Ohio State. That opens up all the floodgates. You know, um, you know, I go back to when J.J. McCarthy uh, was a senior in high school, okay? And this was when, the, the, you know, I think this is right post-COVID and the Harbaugh, is he going to, is he going to, you know, is he going to go to the NFL? You know, that was phase one and it's happened twice. That's another thing that I, that I, I wish, that's the only negative I have about him is, is the flirtation and the and and um and then this whole thing with Ward Manuel and the, and the contract and the commitment and all this stuff, but that's you know that that's still navigationable whatever if, if there is such a word. But um, JJ McCarthy was so committed and excited about Michigan, uh, and excited about playing for Jim Harbaugh after you know before he, before his freshman year when he played quite a bit in the in the 21 season and and that stood out to me i mean jim harbaugh is a player's coach i mean the ultimate example we talked about a couple of weeks ago telling blake Corum, you know it what's best for you is to go to the nfl i mean it's best for jim harbaugh and the michigan football program is for him to return but he 
he's looking out for his players and, and, and you can't fool these young people. I mean, you can't. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I, you I've gone back and forth on a hardball. He, you know, he's quirky. He irks the heck out of me sometimes. Um, <laughs> I think he's incredibly intelligent. I think yeah. he's frightening intelligent. I think his mind, his, when he goes to pressers and he's, and he jumps out, he pulls out a play, uh, midway third quarter, I think it was a three. You know, I think it was a you know the seven fifteen mark. Then blah blah blah. He's throwing this stuff out, and he, I'm looking. You know, I'm like, how does he remember this stuff? I mean, it, it's it's uncanny. His mind, um, and uh, and 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 also his. I think he he kind of fixed uh, his approach a little bit, and um, uh, you know, I'm I'm like I said. Well, maybe a year from now when we're talking, I'll, I'll think differently. But right now. Um, I'm as excited about all the moving parts going into a Michigan football season as as I going back to the 64 when Bobby Timberlake was the quarterback and Mel Anthony was a running back and Bump Elliott was the coach. Okay. Yeah. That's almost yeah. 60 years ago. Okay. 59 years ago. I'm right. really excited about this team in anticipation. There have been a lot of teams with huge amounts of anticipation, like the 76 team and others that, but this team has. So much freaking depth, quality depth, and competition on both sides of the ball, and a great coaching staff. How can I not be excited, right? No question about it. And speaking of 76, uh, Michigan is going to score on its first drive, in its first game, on a 76-yard touchdown run by Donovan Edwards. Mark it down. You heard it here first. (laughs) So I'm just throwing that out for the folks. You're going to have a breakaway. You ended the regular season last year with one. I think they're going to open up with one. So the sea is going to part. And, you know, so East Carolina is going to be in cover zero. Nobody in center field. The safeties are rolled up, and he's going to Whatever. go up. I think Zach Zinter may uh, actually literally eat two of the uh, defensive linemen <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> for the opponents. And uh, Donovan Edwards off to the races. Hey. We waited until the last possible minute uh, in the fourth quarter last week to uh, to give a shout out to our sponsor. <laughs> We're going right there, right right after Donovan Edwards scores, Jerry, and say we want to take a moment to shout out the sponsor of our Tuesday night recruiting show and longtime partner of the Wolverine in Lewis Jewelers. Simple question, guys: Is your daughter's engagement ring bigger than your wife's? If the answer is yes. Great news. Lewis Jewelers can help. It's stress-free and easy working with one of their non-commissioned expert trusted advisors finding that perfect diamond. So stop by today, guys, and fix this family issue. Lewis Jewelers, your diamond store and so much more since 1921. Visit them at their new location, 300 South Maple Road, Ann Arbor, or online at lewisjewelers.com. That's L-E-W-I-S. J-E-W-E-L-E-R-S dot com. That's Lewis Jewelers, where Ann Arbor gets engaged. And we have been engaged in Michigan football talk here for uh, the first third of this podcast. And we're going to keep it going uh, as far as that's concerned. Because at this point in the year, uh, Michigan football fans are already starting to feel it. They're enjoying their summer. They're out on the water. They're playing some golf. They're doing all the various things, but uh, 
you, we, we talked about it last week. We had that one crisp uh, day. It got a little colder and all of a sudden it felt like, Hey, we know what's coming. Yeah. So in, in making that transfer back to football, here's what I want to know, Tom Crawford. And I think I know your answer to this because we've touched on it in some other ways, but I'm going to ask you again, the riskiest, have you changed your mind about the riskiest road game aside from Penn state for uh, the Wolverines? You know, uh, and probably people are tired, uh, probably tired of me and worry about that sandwich game, you know, between the Penn State game and the Ohio State game. Penn State on the road and Ohio State at home. That's one on November 18th at Maryland. Okay. So, uh, but I want, you know, and I, and I think that's still a very vulnerable game. But I'll, I'll do a side saddle on that one game that may be at that level. Okay. And no, it's not Michigan State. Uh huh. Well, maybe for a half. And because it means so much to all of us, it might be nerve-wracking for a half. Yeah. But Michigan's going to take care of business uh, in the in the second half, I have no doubt in, in, in my mind. But Matt Rule's at coaching at Nebraska now. Okay, so, so you're dealing with something, um, and that's the first road game. There's a couple of caveats to that. First road game, okay, and a tough environment. I'll be at tougher at night and you've been covering for the wolverine.com out there i mean you know what it's like and that that last uh road game that michigan had at nebraska that saturday night game was an absolute root canal of a game it was an exciting game if you didn't care one but it was brutal to watch if you had something at stake like we do um but so matt rule is on um and i'll just throw this <laughs> nugget out uh, going back to our conversation about the TCU game, then TCU run a three-three-five, if I'm not mistaken, that Michigan thought they were going to be able to take care of, and it didn't really happen. Yeah, they ran it better and quicker and uh, more yeah. effective than any three-three-five we've ever seen at Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Matt Rule loves a three-three-five. Okay, so Nebraska's going to be running a three-three-five. Okay, and um. So I'll say that, you know, let me throw that one out. There's uh that would be the other because it's a road game and the three three five and the Matt Rule, you don't know what you're dealing with. A new coach the program, you know how that goes. And oh, yeah. uh, I do. So much so that we don't discuss these uh these questions, these answers beforehand. No. Uh, Hell that's no. why it uh it, you you uh you Stole that right out of uh, my little uh, cheat sheet because <laughs> I, I was anticipating you going with the, the Terrapins and I was going to counter yeah. with Nebraska for some of the reasons that you mentioned. That is just Michigan has a tough time with the Cornhuskers. Yeah. They go to Lincoln and it, it's, it is a very tough place to play, especially when it's a night game. We'll see what happens uh with that one, but I'm telling you what, when I look at Maryland and I get the trap game thing, I think about that. I'm just thinking I, Michigan hasn't had that tough a time with Maryland. I, no, they I, haven't. But, you know, you but know? that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't happen. Now, the it, other thing I want to go back to your Husker thing, and, 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 and part of the reason I did that, because I didn't want, you know, I was trying to give a, you know, another counter to the, to my, still my principal concern is, is, is Maryland. So I, I threw the Nebraska nugget out to you, but how much of the first road game? Oh, ingredient do you think there's now last year's first road game? 
uh, Michigan, Michigan handled that pretty good. And they went to a really tough environment at, at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City, okay? But do you think, you know, this is a veteran team, okay? Do you think that's even going to be an issue or not? Well, I don't, it shouldn't be the deciding issue, but I think it will be a, a mitigating issue for Nebraska and being able to hang with Michigan for a while. I mean, that crowd, you know, you have to get back into that mode of playing in front of that kind of a crowd. And when, you know, I am going to concede to Tom Crawford here for a minute, just uh, just just for a second on uh, on schedule. When you're playing a schedule where you ought to beat the three non-conference opponents by 21 points plus, and then you get Rutgers at home, yeah. home opener, and then you go on the road to Nebraska, exactly. you you may be set up for uh, a little bit more of a punch in the mouth early, yeah. a little bit more of a, okay, uh, boys, we got to dig in. And if, if something breaks poorly early, Say you drop the ball. Say you leave the ball on the turf and uh, Nebraska gets a, an easy six. Then all of a sudden that place just explodes and here we go. So, you know, I I, I think that all of that factors in. Yeah, I, I do too. You know, so um, let's just say I think we'll be relieved a little bit when that game is done, you know, because of the, because of the, you know, the, I mean, Michigan's, First of all, those first four games, they're gonna, you know, everybody's gonna say, oh, who are they playing, buddy? And at least Nebraska, you got the road aspect to it. And, and then you gotta come back. I thought you might go with Minnesota uh on on that as far as another team to consider. Because now you've gone, you you've conquered the Nebraska thing, but then you gotta come back and go on the road again. Um I don't, you know, PJ Fleck, you know, real excitable guy you know and get his team all revved up i quite honestly full disclosure i'm not real savvy on a lot of the personnel i got to dig into it uh on the gophers but um i know they lost a few players but what do you feel about minnesota ah sink the boat i don't know i i think pj fleck is uh is a good coach uh i think michigan has more firepower i think it's got too much for uh, Minnesota to handle. Um, you will have had, yes, it's the second straight road game, but at the same time, they'll be more in the mode of, hey, we did this, we know what's coming, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it, business trip, we'll take care of it. I I I don't know, I don't get a a big sense of um, trepidation over uh, facing the Gophers out there. We'll see. It's not gonna be, shouldn't be too cold or anything like that. You know, so I, I just I, I like Michigan's chances in that game, and I certainly like Michigan's chances in all of its home games. Which leads me to the next uh, topic, which is, do you see a trap game for the Wolverines at home this year? You've talked trap game in terms of Maryland on the road, but it's <laughs> before the Buckeyes. That is, I, that that's a different category altogether. But pre OSU. Is there a, is there a trap game for Michigan at home? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Look at, that, look at that schedule. Pull up that schedule. I mean, come on. I mean, John. I mean, I mean, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers at home. Okay, Indiana and and Purdue. I mean, were you, were you did you pose the question just to get a chuckle from the audience? Was that the objective of why you did that? 
<laughs> hey, look at the, all. All I'm gonna say is, you know, you talk about uh, 1976. You talk about 1986. Yeah. You talk about some of the all-time heartbreakers. Those are road. Those are road, like 76. They lost at Purdue on yeah. the road. Okay, so it's those road, you know, muggings, if you will, that that takes place. Yeah, uh, I just. You know, if, if there's going to, if somebody can hang with Michigan at home, who knows? Maybe Indiana catches fire. Maybe, uh, maybe <laughs> Purdue does something. And, whole uh, new system, whole new players. I mean, I, yeah, I, I know yeah. nothing about Purdue. I, My answer sure. no as well, just just for the just for the record. You know, but so, I know Tom Allen, Tom Allen uh, is one of the uh, top 10 hot seat coaches. Like, he's got to deliver, you know. I mean, and I know some Pat Fitzgerald. I saw something that he's like the number one hot seat guy, Pat Fitzgerald, Mr. Mr. Northwestern. Um, I don't, yeah, sure. I, don't, I don't I don't believe that, but you uh, know, Tom I, Allen might be out, you know, yeah. Tom Allen might be throwing you know, uh, you know, Hail Marys to try to see if he can pull this thing out. Cause I don't if he sputters again, he might be out of Bloomington. For for Pat Fitzgerald to be on the hot seat it would mean there would have to be the potential for a hot seat. And that would mean there would have to be football expectations. In Northwestern. I'm not. Analogy. Very, I'm, very good. Excellent. So, okay. Um, let's, let's do some rapid fires here and uh, talk about uh, some personnel. Your, uh, your offensive MVP. Uh, this might be an also uh, an obvious one, although, you know, you got, you got some, Backs besides the quarterback that might uh, factor in there. Well, I, you know, I'm going to stick to what you probably figure I'm going. I mean, it's, I mean, you could, you know, you talk about offensive and, you know, MVP. I mean, you could say Drake Nugent could probably this new descent, the, the a transfer. My God, I mean, you know, what, what are we hearing about how good he and what we know about him and, and, and Ladarius Henderson, all, all these guys, I mean, you can go in the line. You can go. You can go wide out, and obviously, you can go a very talented tight end, Colson Loveland, and the two stellar running backs. I got going with JJ McCarthy. He is going to have an incredible year, barring injury. Yeah, I kid you not. He's going to be in New York City. Might not win the Heisman, but he's going to be a candidate to win the Heisman. You heard it here first. Well, and I'll you'll hear it here second as well because I, I just I just see JJ McCarthy is in such a tremendous position right now to take advantage of not only all the hard work that he's put in, but all the hard work that other people have been have put in. You look at that offensive line, it is absolutely stacked. I don't know if you saw the the videos that have been out recently of Zach Zinter when he was uh he was absolutely throwing guys around on the same play. Oh, yeah. Right, boom! He turns to his left. He throws another guy, and uh, those holes he opened up at Ohio State. This is a he. JJ uh, McCarthy has some uh, big studs in front of him on the offensive line. He's got two backs that uh, could both start for any team in the Big Ten, in uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. He's got receivers. He's got the tight ends. I just think that. He is, and he has got all of that experience. I mean, you saw Jim Harbaugh and uh, these coaches work J.J. McCarthy into the lineup, even as a true freshman, and people were saying, ah, maybe you should have more, or maybe you should do this or do that. But then you saw it really bloom last year as he uh, 
He took advantage of his opportunities, became the quarterback, and now he's got he's got everything. He's played in Columbus. He will not have a tougher road venue. He is uh, he had the disappointment of that playoff game, and uh, you know throwing a couple of pick sixes. He will have the motivation and the um, all the things that he learned through that experience to take onto the field this year. I just you know I I think the kid is going to be um, really uh, really terrific, as you say. Yes. Well, he stays healthy and you know you you have to hope for that and uh he I, i'm assuming he is going to show the kind of sa- savvy that will keep him help keep him healthy and uh, get down when he needs to yeah yeah let's talk defensive mvp oh this one um is way is where well maybe it, as it's as difficult as often because there's so many there's so there, there, there's so many pieces of arsenal in that defense that could that could that could earn it and I'm not just throwing names out to throw them out but I mean there there's a lot of candidates including Ernest Hausman the transfer from Nebraska who yeah. could you know who I think is going to have a great year and I mean Chris Jenkins we're super excited about him he's what a great kid he is um but I'm going to go with uh, Charles Woodson Jr. Okay, okay. He's, he's Will Johnson, also known as Will Johnson. I think he's got Will Johnson's going to have a Charles Woodson esque uh, 1997 type season, where it's going to jump out at you how incredibly talented this guy is. And once again, all this stuff is qualified on staying healthy, and, and there's not any nagging injuries or anything that you know. Th- there seems to be on this team. A lot of, um, you know, a little fixing up or, you know, some of these nagging injuries off spring ball and there's cleanup work and the surgical, you know, cleaning up a knee, cleaning up this and that and all that stuff. And, um, you know, so I'm just under the premise that everything's going to be cleaned up and everybody's healthy to go and can stay that way. I mean, come on, Will Johnson, how, how, how do you go against that? How? I, well... I don't necessarily go against it in the spirit in which you put it forth and in the wisdom with which you put it forth. But I will say this, I'm going with somebody else. I'm going with uh, a guy that I say will lead this team in tackles, but do a whole lot more than that. The tackles end of it is somewhat tied to position, but I think this young man is going to take the next step for the Wolverines. I believe the defensive MVP, your defensive MVP for 2023 is going to be Junior Colson right there in the middle yeah, of the defense. That's a good one. I, that's a good he's one. Gonna, I, I really think that he is prepared, and the, the way I, the people I've talked to uh, say he's prepared to take it up a notch. Yes, he's been in the right positions. He's played since he was a true freshman. He, he knows how to make the plays. He knows how to run the defense, but uh, he can do more. I think he's been challenged to do more, and I think he's challenged himself to do more. So uh, I'm going to keep a real close eye on uh, Junior Colson, not just from uh, running up some some big numbers in tackles, but also making some of the key plays that uh, really make a difference and being able to uh, rush the quarterback and being able to uh, pick off that tip pass or tip the pass that uh, gets picked off, those kinds of things that uh, could really – help him to uh to take it up a notch and i'm going to go to the next one the next our next category is 
um, biggest breakthrough player on offensive defense. I'm going to switch it and go to defense first. And I want to give my answer because uh, you have already mentioned this young man. I I'm calling uh, uh, number two that uh, we have talked about Will Johnson, your, uh, your biggest breakthrough player on defense, okay. maybe not me, but you know, he didn't, he didn't play a ton in the first half of last season. They really, on a measured basis, worked him in. And I talked to him for our football preview. And he said, yeah, they wanted to sprinkle me in. But uh, he was at his best at the end of the season. I wouldn't call it a breakthrough year because of, you know, the limited action he saw early in the year. But uh, to me, he is going to have the sort of start-to-finish breakthrough year that will uh, really establish himself as a star on this team. And obviously you feel the same because you've got him as the team MVP. What about the <laughs> breakthrough player on defense in uh, Tom Crawford's estimation? Okay. Um, this is, this, this is a little bit, uh, it's, it, it's not, when I say breakthrough, he's not going to break through and, 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 and be a, you know, an alpha dog out there and get all this attention, but he's going to fulfill a supportive role, which I think is going to be a trademark of this defense. I think this Michigan defense, uh, the reason I'm super excited about is because there's so much depth to plug and play. So you don't have guys playing out there with their tongues hanging out, if you know what I mean. Like Junior Colson, you know, Junior Colson, you know, wearing, you know, wearing him down. Okay. This guy plays the Mike linebacker behind him. He's Jimmy Rolder. Okay. He's number 30. Who had played on the special teams a lot last year. And I remember him at, down in the Big Ten Championship game, you know, when Michigan got ahead, you know, so you start zeroing in on players and you're trying to think of who's playing, who's playing well, things like that. And he's always in position. He's fundamentally a sound. He wears number 30. And he reminds me of a player who played a different position on defense, but he wore number 30, Brad Cochran, who played mm. in the secondary back in, um, back in uh, the 80s, uh, mid-80s. Where he's yeah. always in position. Jimmy Roller's that kind of a player. Uh, we're in the same number 30. So I just think he's gonna he's gonna be filling in the gaps, giving everybody as he's defensive all three levels are gonna be rotations where you're gonna get more personnel. I mean, yeah, we got 11 starters, but there's gonna be 16, 18, 20 guys on that defense that are playing prominent roles that's gonna so guys aren't gassed, and Jimmy Roller's gonna be one of those fill-in guys. It's going to come out of, you know, people don't even probably know much about Jimmy Rolder. They're going to know more about him this year. That's my All right. I like it. I really like it. They're going to need linebackers. You know, they already, they picked one up, uh, as you already alluded to, and Ernest Hausman. They've got great experience in the projected starting spots, uh, but there is room. You need a, a fourth guy in that depth chart, and it looks like it will be Jimmy Rolder. Uh, all right. Well, we're starting to uh, get into that fourth quarter that we uh, where we have to shine. We f hold up the four fingers and say, Sharon Moore going to be handling the offensive play calling. He's no co-offensive coordinator. I mean, he's uh, he's going to be flipping the switches. Does he flip him in a way that opens things up? a little bit earlier on this offense than you saw a year ago. You do. We mentioned J.J. McCarthy. Uh, he has all that experience from last year. 
you're not worried about him so much as a uh, as a passing quarterback. Not that you ever were, but until you've done it consistently at this level against top competition, you know, uh, there was a sense that maybe he was they were bringing him along and, you know, pounding it out uh, more often than not. Do you think things get opened up earlier this year? Yeah, you know, um, remember, remember, we, you know, the, the the buzz came out. Oh, Matt Weiss, uh, you know, have his co-offensive coordinators, and Matt Weiss was the uh, the red zone coordinator. Remember, remember that buzz was going around that. I don't know if it was validated or not, but um, yeah. I, I I I just don't like the the co-coordinator thing concept. I just can't I can't rationalize how that works. You know, you got your running game, you know, running game coordinator. I understand that in terms of building your, your, your game plan during the week. But I mean, calling plays. I mean, it, one guy, one guy, and this is the guy. This, this, it. When you know, when Harbaugh talks, I, I tend to listen lately, especially. And when he talks about Sharon Moore, it's like, good lord, he thinks this guy walks on water. That that carries a lot with me. He's got a lot of respect for him and, and he's going to give him a lot of latitude and decision making I would think and I, I just think you're going to see uh more efficiency in the red zone that was a nightmare last year in the red zone it was and then all of a sudden the gimmickry that whatever we had to go through with the Colt you know the Philly special that that uh went went bad uh in in the TCU game that that turn that game in, in the, the negative direction that it went early on. Um, though I, I don't think that stuff's going to happen. I think you're going to see uh, more creative play calling with more wide receiver involvement and, and aerial game more involved in that. Uh, the Mario Manningham era that we saw when he was a target in the red zone in, in, the, er, in 2005 and six, that's what I think we're going to see from Sheryl Moore. I, I, He's awesome. I'm yeah. super excited. I think I think this might be the you know if Michigan wins a national championship, I think he's <laughs> I think he goes on uh, to a head coaching job. Uh, maybe other people too. You know, JJ McCarthy's going to go on. I mean, it's just me. That's fine. Go win a national championship, and everything else will take care of itself. But this yep. guy is is you know is 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 right in that position on the threshold of being an outstanding uh, Power Five head football coach. As Lloyd Carr used to say, when you win, there's enough for everybody. Yeah, and exactly. So there you go. You're hey, right. talking, you're good. talking about the specialization about red zone uh, offensive coordinator and this yeah. and that. I'm gonna, yeah. I, I'm gonna just put it out there that uh, that I want a contest, and they made me uh, offensive fourth quarter offensive coordinator against Ohio State the past two years. So how'd I do? <laughs> you did good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's if you're going to claim a specialization on these last couple of years, you just tell yeah. them, yeah, I was fourth quarter uh offensive coordinator against OSU. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of kind of did all right there. All right. Now, as far as answering that question itself though, I really wonder if if you're going to see uh, a big opening up of this offense until the latter, you know, the the back half of the season again because A you don't need to throw the ball around much to win the yeah. first three games. And then you got Rutgers don't necessarily need it there. 
then you're on the road where they button things down a little more in those first two uh, games back to back. I just, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. When you've got that offensive line, when you got Blake Corum, when you got Donovan Edwards, I have my doubts. But uh, the talk around the program is, yeah, we'll open it up more earlier. So uh, we're going to see that. And we are now, before we go, we're going to see what Tom's take is. It's time for uh, to turn it over to uh, one Mr. Crawford and uh, just bring uh, bring whatever's on your mind, my friend. Well, you know, um, we've been hanging out too much uh together john because you're you you know like we're reading each other's minds you led me right where i wanted to go with your with your last comment about offensive approach and i think the key to this season is um believe it or not uh was you know obviously staying healthy but how michigan approaches those first four home games okay and what what that what are you what are you trying to accomplish in those first four road games what you want you want wins you want to keep everybody healthy, but um, I, I would like to see an aggressive approach where um, offensively, where the aerial guy, I don't care what the score is. I mean, if the first half, you can score as much as you want. You're not going to run it up the score. Just attack things offensively and not just, you know, just, you know, chunk plays offensively uh, through the running game because they're there because your offensive line is so dominant over East Carolina and UNLV and, and, and BG. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, but I just hope, I think it's critical that they take those three, you know, group of five inferior opponent games and do something to productively prepare for later in the season. I know I'm not smart to figure out that what it is, but just be more aggressive offensively and see and get the precision down in that aerial game. I think that's, that's my concern early on in the season. Now, what are they getting done mm-hmm. uh, when you got three, you know, cupcakes uh, jumping out of the chute? All right. You won't uh, necessarily uh, delineate exactly what it is, but you'll know it when you see it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, what do you, what do you expect out of those games? I mean, what do you, I'm asking you, John, I know we're running out of time. What are you expecting out of that? What's going to be a good day? What's a good day? Three best things that Michigan can get out of uh, its its first three games, or really first four games, because you can uh, Rutgers. You lump them, and it's it's all the same. You stay healthy. I get you get that. as many people on the field as you can possibly get. Yeah, especially ones that are going to have to help you down uh, farther down in the season, and you build confidence through a dominant offense and defense. That you don't, uh, I remember Gary Moeller saying, we don't want to go out there and slop around. Well, you don't want to go out there and slop around in terms of, okay, you know, you're, you're getting too uh, late in the first half and say one of these uh, non-conference teams is staying with you or Rutgers is takes a three-point lead going into the half. Yeah. You don't want that. You want to be dominant. You want to establish it early. You want that sense that um, you know we're gonna we're gonna blow people out like Ohio State blows people out all year long until it gets to Michigan. Yeah, and you're right. So, I mean, to me, that's the that's the biggest thing. Hey, Tom Crawford, uh, excellent job as always. Fun to crank these out every week. Uh, make sure you that join us each week on the Wolverine Live. We are going to take 
we'll tell you this. We're going to take the next couple of weeks off. Yes. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy your vacation. Then uh, come back to us and, oh. and, uh, in three weeks, and we will uh, have a big-time football show for you and uh, throw in some basketball. We'll see how all of that goes. Uh, remember to uh, stop in to Lewis Jewelers and uh, uh, give our sponsors some love as well. So, Tom, appreciate it. And uh, we yeah. will begin the uh, second week of July. Yeah, July. Just think about this, John. Uh, that will be July 11th, okay? That will be like two weeks from Big Ten Media Day. We, I mean, we, we, we're going to be humming, maybe. I mean, it's going to be great. So we'll take a nice break here. And always a pleasure being on here with you, JB, and looking forward to uh, gearing things up as we approach uh, hopefully an outstanding season for the Michigan Wolverines. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, Money lines, you can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit fanduel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.